Formula One experiments with its weekend format at Imola. The Racing Point protest drama continues for at least another day, and we discuss the elbow bump her around the F1 paddock. Let's jump the start. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Jump to Start Racing podcast. This is your host, Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Yancy, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben, say hi. What's going on, guys? I think Wellington's asleep today. <laughs> come on, come on. Wake up. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Just, you know, just kind of easy. He's doing some. Is the chair that he got he's today? T- he's doing some ASMR. <laughs> is is the chair small. he got today? I think, yeah, he's probably going to fall asleep while talking. He's, you, guys, you, guys, uh, you guys obviously can't see us, but he's like laid back. All he needs is like an ottoman to put his feet Come on, on. say, we're, we're sitting in my, in my office, he's sitting in my dad's chair, and it's mighty comfy. <laughs> it is a designated sleeping chair. I'm, I'm feeling it. No, I'm kidding. Welcome back, Wolves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so thank you guys for joining us again. Um, before moving forward, I just kind of want to, I feel like I always forget to do this, but I just want to point out we are on Instagram at Jump to Start Racing on Twitter, JTSR Podcast, and our, our website is jumptostartracing.com, www.jumptostartracing.com. So if you guys could drop us a like, a comment, subscribe, be much appreciated. Uh, I'm going to move on to the news. Wait, wait, and you can hear us on every platform. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Apple. Uh, what is it? Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and I think even on the Podbean app. There you go. <laughs> All right, so news. Um, one of the things that's been confirmed, well, Imola as a track that formerly hosted the San Marino Grand Prix, uh, it had previously been confirmed, but here today, uh, F1 had confirmed that it would actually be a two-day event instead of three, meaning there'll be one 90-minute qualif- practice session before qualifying on Saturday. It'll be on Saturday, straight to qualifying, and then to the race. And the race itself will start two hours earlier. Reason for that is that it's later on in the year, in the, in the, it's in Italy, and they're afraid of you know, potential weather, weather coming on later on in the day. It'll be too cold? Is that or is no, that just too wet? Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, and then beyond that, shrinking it to a two-day event because they're traveling from Portugal the week before across, I guess, overland, and it's a fifteen hundred mile trip, and they wanted to give the crews a little bit of a break. Okay. Ruben, what do you think of this announcement? And does it set kind of like a precedent moving forward? Such that maybe we'll have more because, I mean, to be honest, there's a lot of these tracks that the practice may not even be necessary. The tracks that the guys are on all the time, for example, Barcelona, why would they need to keep practicing there? But what do you think this means going forward, if anything? I I think that trying this out in Imola is a a testing ground for it because this was already in play that they wanted to do it. So if it works, you know, it'll be it's good to see it. The you know the two day or the two today event thing, it's good to see it without having just to push it out because you know of weather or whatever. 
So, you know, being that's going to be part of it, could be good, could be worrying. We have to get it, you know, we have to wait and see. But, you know, like always, I'm always, I'm always excited. It's Formula One. We have to make changes all the time. Think it'll be better or worse? Uh, as long as, you know, we got two-day events. If they lower the ticket price, it'll be better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just thinking about yourself? Of course. Yeah. Yancy, what do you think? Do you think that this will be a problem safety-wise? This this track in particular, it just it makes me nervous because of the history that it has there. We mentioned it uh, two episodes ago. This is the the site of essentially the passing of Ayrton Senna, legendary driver. Do you think that it could potentially be a problem? No, I don't think so. I think that they looked at that track already, and they actually did some work on the track to make it safer by changing some of the track layout. Um, obviously they wouldn't be racing there if they didn't have the the runoffs and all the safety procedures, safety measures that any track, any FIA grade A track would have. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be good. I just think, and what I think this is, is just the, is Formula One management, FOM, uh, and the FIA testing different weekend formats in a way to better the racing. So at the beginning of the, before, I mean, obviously, before the season started, there was talk of them changing the format of the weekend. Yes. Right? Uh, most notably, I think the suggestion was reverse grids. Right, in a sprint race. On a sprint race. Um, so basically, the reverse grid is based, having a sprint race as a basically qualifying, and whoever won that race it would start in reverse order. So basically the fastest cars will start at the back and they can um, they can make their way up the field, which is always fun because we see a lot of overtaking and you get some oddball result, results. The only reason that didn't go ahead was because of Mercedes uh, because they already knew they have a front-running car and Lewis Hamilton is going for a record seven world championships uh, to tie Michael Schumacher. Uh, didn't want to have, didn't want to leave it up to chance, basically, that you have a bad day or you get an accident moving up the field and stuff like that. Not just they, Hamilton, but Mercedes as a team, too. As a team also, yeah. yeah. So, um, but this is a way to change up the format a little bit where the teams get less data, um, which happened, I believe it was at Coda at the U.S. Grand Prix. I don't remember if it was last season or the year, the, the season before, where w there was one day, uh, it was a practice session, it was on Friday that got completely rained out because it was just raining like crazy. I'm pretty sure it was the year before when Kimmy won, but um, don't quote me on that. They only had one day of practice, then they had qualifying, then they had the race. The teams had less data on tires, less data on, you know, how to set up the car. So with less data means that they can't properly prepare. So you add a different element. You add uh, an element almost of surprise so you can get these oddball results that we as fans love. Same thing happened this year, right, in Hungary. I think we missed, I think it was the Saturday morning session. Yes. So we ended up missing and it was... Kind of an odd race as far as tire strategy went yeah, as and well, that, and, and car setup. Yeah, and that race uh, at Coda was an awesome race. I think it was the year that Kimmy won. That was an awesome race because there was a lot going on, obviously, behind Kimmy. 
and then you had a sprint to the finish where I think one of the marks were was either one of the marks or it was Max Verstappen that was chasing down Kimi Raikkonen for the for the win. I don't remember who exactly it was, but I think this is exciting for the young guns in Formula One because they've more recently raced there in the I guess the junior formulas. But we'll see. We'll see if this change actually means anything. I think it. I think it's gonna make the racing better. We'll see. Okay, moving on. The today earlier today there was a meeting between, and by meeting it's like it's almost like a court date. Uh, <laughs> yeah, between Renault Racing Point and Mercedes, the teams and the FIA to just kind of get to the bottom of this whole protest thing. And, you know, is Racing Point really Tracing Point? Is it illegal for them to copy what they did? Uh, So there was a meeting today at 1130 UK time. Nothing has come of it. Ruben, do you think that there will be any changes or any penalties or anything coming out of this? Uh, I don't know. If they spend two and a half hours in a meeting and nothing comes out of it, Come on, my man. It, it's uh, my life in corporate, the meeting that should have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it came? It should have been settled weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I hope nothing comes out of it. And, you know, Tracing Point, Racing Point cookies copying, you know, because they've done well in the past doing that. So it's part of sport. Come on, get over it already. Yeah. I think the, the, um, I don't think anything will come out of it because we should wait till Friday. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anything will come out of it because that brake duct in particular, or the Mercedes brake duct in particular, was a listed part that they can look at last season. So the argument is, all right, I already looked at this, and it became illegal to look at it this year, and they modeled it after last year's Mercedes. It was illegal to look at it to buy it. No, no, it was legal. To, it was legal to buy it. Gotcha. It was legal to they buy bought it. It, it was part. Of, yeah, they bought it That's legally. They're going to win. They're so gonna they've win. seen it already. So if they design it for this year's car, which is last year's car, are they really copying? No, they already they already seen it. They already had it in their hands. Yeah. yeah. Now the rumor is, and um, but this is not gonna. There's there's a rumor where they have an employee yes. that worked <laughs> at Racing Point that now works for Renault that tipped oh. Renault off. Oh wow! But Nothing that person will not be revealed unless it goes to appeal. How many people could it have been? Like, how many? Listen, I don't know, man. It, this is like, but this is this is the circus that is F1, the drama. The, this is why, well, this is what makes F1 different from any other racing series where you are every all of this, all the politics and the appeals. There's no other racing series that has this. No, no, wait, wait. And it also goes to the point that it could go to a regular court, meaning like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's What country would that court be in? I guess the UK. UK I yeah. think they do it in Geneva or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Man. This goes back to, what was it, 2007 with uh, Alonzo and, uh, oh my God, dropping the dime on McLaren? Yeah. What was it, 07 or... That was Spygate. Oh, oh, yeah, Spygate, Spygate, where they had a... I think it was a a Ferrari a Ferrari employee that that was giving information to to McLaren or something like that. Dude. I don't know exactly. You should make a movie. You can look. It was like an, there's a ton of videos on YouTube. It was but like a just, Ferrari's employee's wife 
went to like a comp USA here, like you know, like a like a Kinkos <laughs> to to send all this stuff. Little did she know that oh, the to person, make copies. Yeah, that's yes, right. The yeah, person yeah, that was yeah. helping her at the Kinkos was a F one fan. Wow! And they that person blew the gasket. The investigation flew blew open. And it was like the one person in the that US. Was a, that was a crazy <laughs> thing. What was the fine for that? No, that was, that was, oh, they lost all their championship points the year, yeah. the Constructors' Championship. Yeah. Uh, just moving on a little bit more. Uh, there's some more minor news that came out. One of the things, uh, Paul DeResta, one of, I actually love his commentary. He does the practices uh, for, uh, for, Sky for Sky Sports. I think he does a great job describing what a driver is feeling and like just as they go through each lap. Better than Brundle because Brundle hasn't been a driver in I don't know how many years, but. He's going to be the reserve driver for McLaren. And oh, it's a he, weird thing. Wait, wait. Did oh, he just throw Brundle under the bus? No, no, no. I love Brundle. Don't. <laughs> don't. How dare you talk He is one of our biggest fans. Martin yes, Brundle. he is. Yes, yes he, is. he is. That he is. Yes. So I just want to. It's, it's, a, it's a weird situation in the sense that these teams, McLaren, Racing Point, and Mercedes, they shared as reserve drivers in a year that has a global pandemic going on. They shared Esteban, uh, what's his name, Esteban Gutierrez, and Stoffel Van Dorn. Who Stoffel Van Dorn is now in Berlin in Berlin for Formula E, and Gutierrez he doesn't even have a super license. What Gutierrez the heck were they thinking? Has not raced since like 2016. Dude. So essentially, you're Put sharing car. one driver between yeah. three teams. That can't drive. Four because the. The guy is uh, doing Formula E, too. So Stoffel Van Dorn gets cut up into four. How? Oh, that's right. Because he's he's doing Formula E? He's driving for the Mercedes-Benz Formula E team. When you first mentioned this, I thought they did something like this, you know, just to share the the research driver for money reasons. You know, we're having a short season. We're not, you know, there's not a lot of money in the play, into play and stuff like that. That's why I thought they did it. But then you split them in room, but... If more than one driver catches corona, you know COVID nineteen, you know we don't want that. But who's in the race for these guys? I mean, obviously, granted, we brought Hulk in, thank God. But uh, Racing Point and who was it that that Racing was? Point McLaren and Mercedes. Mercedes? Okay, Racing Point McLaren and Mercedes. If you guys are listening, which they the, are, the the reason that you have to get tested every other day. And literally go through, I don't know how many barriers just to get onto the track. <laughs> it's because we're in the middle of a hundred year pandemic. Well, it's not a hundred years. I'm saying what in a hundred year pandemic. I'm sorry. So that means. I can't do this for a hundred years, dude. No, I know. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm tired of this. Already, social but, distancing. But you're in the middle of an event that only happens one in a hundred years. And it's because everybody's getting sick. And just like Checo Perez got sick and got infected, your drivers can get infected just as easily, right? So why wouldn't you have reserve drivers ready on call with their super licenses? What, I don't, that, that was the most baffling thing to me. How can one of your reserve drivers not have the required license to drive an F1 car? I don't get it. It's so stupid. And they're not interested in doing it for Gutierrez either. I mean, they can. How can he get it? How can he get it? Yeah, so... Um, I think his point... No, is- this, well, the problem with, with Gutierrez not having a super license happened this year. There was a little thing that changed this year where the drivers required 
to run 300 kilometers. Yeah. No and wonder they had to go get Nico Hulkenberg yeah, back, exactly. man. It's not a year since he doesn't, he doesn't have a year out of the car. No, you're right. I think they made it a little more stringent. This year was when yeah. they made it a little stringent. And they haven't had time. Yeah, to but they, you know, they can change that too. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Exactly. Hey, let's go back to last year rule on that because we're in a pandemic. Give this guy the license. Well, give the license? No. I don't get it. I don't get it. But whatever. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, you were telling us. Imagine earlier. if uh, Paul DeResta uh, gets in one of those cars and gets a podium or something. That would be amazing. <laughs> That's what we were don't wishing. That. That's what we were wishing uh, for Nico Hulkenberg. He, he and, can get uh, in the Mercedes. If Boras gets sick. Right, he should be able. But yeah. does does he have a super license? Who uh, the rest? Uh, yeah, the he does. He drove. He drove like two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, he drove for Williams when they were in that wonderful oh, Martini. So gotcha. Yeah, I think he drove in Hungary when they were in that when they had that wonderful Martini livery yeah, that, you, was that made you fall in love with Williams, Ruben. Yeah, Felipe Massa was sick. I think time. he got in Kimmy's way, and Kimmy like in yes. the car and the team radio was like, "Tell this guy to go back to the the announcing booth." <laughs> Uh, Kimmy's uh, Kimmy's gold on radio, by the way. Look, I've played a lot of the Formula One game. I'm ready to go if they want to call me up. Yeah, you're working from home. Yeah, uh, yes, I'd love you, to see you get a podium. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh my god, we'll be the first group in line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, tell me about Yancy. Tell me, you were talking to us earlier today about additional an additional curb at Beckett's. I think that's where. There was like a puff of, of dust that came up every time a car drove through it. It was it was in the corner right after Beckett's. So usually, and I don't know why they took it off this season. Uh, usually there's a curb on on that Beckett's corner uh, where drivers can lean onto it. So uh, the curb is basically, if you're driving down a highway, you see you have the rumble strips. That if you veer off, it's going to rumble. Now. F1 curbs are kind of like that, but a li- but some of them, depending on the corner that you're on, have a lean. So they're leaned in. So if you so the way the drivers are able to use most of the track and know if they're getting off track and also turn the car into the next corner is basically what they call leaning on the curb. Whether if you're getting into that curb, it's almost like a, almost like an oval where it has like a, a bit of a pitch. So you lean on that curb and you go into that next curb. Now, this season, and I noticed that last race, and and after reading all of, all about all of this stuff, I always I was seeing the drivers getting on the grass and just kicking up all this dirt, and it happened to many drivers. It's happening during the race, happening practice, yeah. happening quality, so, happening all weekend. So, part of the reason that Pirelli said that. A lot of these tires were just literally basically explo- exploding and they had like these weird cuts was because the tires were getting on there and some debris was building up on there. Oh. So the debris would literally cut these tires weird. And and I think Renault, uh, Esteban Ocon said that uh, when they expected the tires after they used them, they had more cuts than usual. Gotcha. So... Uh, Pirelli figured out that that was the case, um, that that curb wasn't there. So what happens is when you can't lean on that curb, you go wider into the next turn, meaning you if you go wider into the next turn, the wheel goes off the track. So now that they're going to add that curb, they can lean into it so they're not going to, you know, they can literally lean on that curb so that curb can literally propel them into the next corner and none of the wheels are getting off track. Stretch out the, yeah. yeah. And... You know, Silverstone is notoriously bad uh, on tires 
uh, because it's uh, the G forces that are on on that car when especially when you're going through maggots and beckets where you have was a crazy change of direction. It's like it's like five five uh, G. Uh, it's almost five, a little bit more than five G. Well, most of that track is flat out, right? So yeah. you're gonna experience. Yeah. So if you have that tire, that tire stuck to the ground and you have that kind of force. Pulling, uh, get hitting that tire. And this year's even faster. Yeah, and this year's even faster. Yeah, I mean, these are these are probably the fastest cars, the fastest F1 cars ever, to be honest with you. So, just, I mean, and that with with the G forces and and that happening at Maggots and Beckets, um, that's really what what caused most of those tire failures, and also that these guys pitted very early in the race because of the safety car. So they were using these tires for on the limit to, you know, to the limit that they can get up to on a race. I like how Yancy, you know, explains these things, super detailed and stuff like that. I like that. Because right away when I was watching the race on Sunday's room, I told you guys, hey, well, they're going off the track there. Why don't they just stand the curb a little bit? And that's it. Like, then we got no more dust. But Yancy said, no, no, they have to do it. Now, he just finished saying... They have to do it on the turn before, Ruben. So they're not going to need that extra space. And he makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know how how I would like to be a reserve driver? When Paul DeResta gets called in, Yancey's going to fill in for Paul DeResta. Yes. And play fr- with the TV with a little, little yeah. joystick. And all that. <laughs> what I'll do is you can be the reserve driver and I'll be your engineer. Nice. Mm. There you go. All right. So the other piece of minor news before we get into the wrap-up of last week's race and get into the race preview is Bernardo, officially, Mattia Bernardo, Ferrari team boss, is officially stepping down as technical director. Yancy, that's your boy. Uh, t- tell us about your boy. What so does what this he, mean? What does he become now? Yeah. What does he become now? He's going to be the team boss. Oh, okay, okay. Because usually that's the role. You're, if you're the team boss, you run the team. Listen, obviously I'm not a Ferrari fan. But he's been with Ferrari for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I know. You're, you're full of darkness. You're a hater. <laughs> we get it. Bro, he's been with Ferrari for a long time. There was a picture posted today with, yes, the, with him, him and Schumacher. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. I couldn't even recognize him. That's yes. him? Okay. He's, he's, he started off as an engineer in the Ferrari organization in Maranello, and he's moved himself up the ranks to become the technical director under certain, what was it? Uh, what was his name? So he can be done. Yeah, of course. To it climb the ladder, it can be. Done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maurizio, he was Arriva he was a technical Bene, yeah. uh, under Maurizio Arriva Bene. Um. So and then he became the team boss once they fired Arriva Bene. So the guy he replaced. Yeah. So the guy he replaced. No, but what what's different is that when he replaced him, he became the team boss, but he also stayed technical director. Gotcha. So obviously, where there's so many things going on in an organization as big as Ferrari. Um, which spends more than four hundred million dollars a year on that program Jeez. alone. The they definitely get that money back though between the heritage payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah they, I mean, they get their money back. They they definitely. There's no reason why they should be languishing in the midfield. Yes, by the way, with you. you're a Ferrari fan. Yes. Their location is beautiful. I know. Okay. I've seen the pictures. I've seen you guys there. Envy. <laughs> Envy, and envy, and I'll because it's actually totally separate from the factory. By the way, yeah, building. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm very right well one. Here. Yeah, we, we're not including Yancy. I'm very much a a groupie, a Tufosi groupie. <laughs> Anyways, so um, so the the re the, it's a lot of when you have to handle the politics and you also have to handle the technical direction of the car. 
it's tough to juggle, especially when you have so much pressure from the media and you have so much pressure and you have to deal with the internal politics with the team. Um, and you, you, you can see how that took a toll on Ferrari because literally their car is garbage this year. Can you imagine how many emails he gets per day? Like having like a double role and being the team boss and all that. Like I mean, he probably sends them all to spam. Yeah. <laughs> but it seems like, I mean, they had to literally create a new department for the stuff that he does because he's very important in that team as far as like, uh, the, the that car in 2017 was all his. And Listen, so it was in 2018. It shows that Ferrari's changing because they would have fired that dude a long time ago if it yeah. was a different Ferrari. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, well, they're trying to just, I, it looks like to me they're trying to change the culture there. Nice. Sorry. Just cracked my knuckles there. <laughs> uh, moving on to the, uh, just kind of wrap up the race from this past Sunday. There was, even my dad was telling me that, uh, you know, he didn't like Vettel's performance, that there's something definitely wrong there, etc. Um, The race put out a YouTube video where they actually got into some of the issues. Uh, actually, I, I hate to keep going on, but Yancy, you were the one that sent that to our group. And it, it was actually a very interesting video, and I know you wanted to talk about it. So mm -hmm. what did you want to add here? The no. tape was yours, yes. The, the reason why. The number one Charles Leclerc apologist. Right exactly. Here. here we go. Go ahead, well, sir. I'm not, I'm, am I wrong for lauding a person who took that truck of a car <laughs> onto the podium <laughs> twice already this season? <laughs> Can't be wrong on that. Those are facts. He was in the right place at the right time. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he was running fourth most of the race and he qualified fourth. Poor science. Okay. So, haters, darkness. <laughs> so, um, the reason why Ferrari improved, I wouldn't say they had a good car, improved. They brought a very low drag package to Silverstone because they knew that their car is very draggy and their engine sucks. Um. Wow. Low so, drag aerodynamically. Yeah, low drag aerodynamically. So what happens when you have a low drag aerodynamic car is that the rear end is not planted. And I've mentioned this before on this podcast various times. Vettel loves a car and has been very successful by winning four world championships on a car that is planted on the rear end. Why? Because he literally whips the car around the corner uh, almost to the point of sliding, but he doesn't slide. He likes to, but he likes that stability on the rear end. Um, when he doesn't have that confidence, he, you don't have the confidence in the car, so you don't feel like the car is ever going to behave the way you want it to, so you drive slower just for you not to spin out and do his spinderellas. Okay. So that's basically what happened. Vettel didn't have confidence in that car because it's a it, it, it doesn't suit him. And I love, again, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, Leclerc's driving style is very different, very similar to Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, where they can take a car and whip it around the track and hustle it around the track, and it doesn't necessarily have to suit them in particular. And that's basically what happened. The it's a it's just a combination of a low drag aerodynamic car uh and superb driving <laughs> by but if you're Clark. ferrari and you know they are one of your seasoned guys the guy that has four world championships 
cannot get on, on the card that way. Why would you do that? Because it's out. What happened? I'm sorry. What was the question? If you're a Ferrari. Yeah. And you know your more experienced guy has a problem driving a car like that. Why would you build it? Why would you do it to him? Because he's not going to be there next year. Gotcha. Okay. And, and I don't think that they built that car to make Vettel uncomfortable. I think they just built a bad car. Okay. And Leclerc's driving style suits it more because Leclerc can adapt. Just the same way when Leclerc came in uh, his first year at Sauber, he struggled for the first, I think, nine races until he got to Baku. And then he found an adjustment where he can drive it. And he got, he, he got into the points for the first time at Baku. And he's been doing that ever since, since he's been in, in F1. Beyond that, I think Vettel finished, what, sixth in Hungary? I think, I want to say. Yes. Something in that area. Mm-hmm. You see him struggle here. It's, I think that what you're saying is very accurate in the sense that Hungary, you want a very strong amount of drag and downforce for your car so you can make the turns the way you need to make them because it's such a technical track mm-hmm. in Hungary, tight turns, et cetera. In Silverstone, where you need to hit the tracks at higher speed or hit the turns at higher speed, you do want, because it's such a power track, you do want less downforce, holding back the downforce and drag, holding back the car. And that it suits this style of driving more. So we'll see. Vettel had a lot of problems with the car in general, the pedals, the intercooler, all kinds of stuff. We'll see this week if there is merit to what the race said, what we're talking about here now. Um, if he could do a little bit of a better job with the car this time around, because it'll be the same setup. Yeah, the, the it's the the only thing that's going to change really. It's going to be the, the tires. tires. Yeah, yeah. The beauty of having two races at the the same track, man. We can now we can compare, contrast. I don't think it's going to be the same style race. Uh, it'll be great, but we'll get to that later. So I agree. We should have forty races a year to double up on every every track. I think I'd be okay with that. Why not? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No. That'll be boring. So moving on from there, there was, um, we saw the situation with Mercedes and the tires and, and, and Carlos Sainz with his tire. Um, there was, they released this video every week. It's called a race debrief from them. And it's on their, their official Mercedes AMG F1 YouTube channel. It is awesome. It has James Vowles, one of their, uh, I think their team strategic principal, I think is his official title or something like that. He goes through all the strategy that they thought about and what they executed in the race and throughout the week. Ruben, you watched the video. Do you, um, how do I phrase my question? Did you take anything away from the way that they managed their tires, their drivers, or the weekend? I just want to remind you of what he talked about. He said that Lewis Hamilton, he actually had a ton of, a ton of speed on the blown up tire even after it was blown up. And we saw that he was still going 230 kilometers per hour on the messed up tire in, in uh, what was it? My straight, the Wellington straight, I think. Um, <laughs> he also said something that Yancey mentioned earlier. to make Wellington yeah. proud. Of course. He also mentioned something uh, Yancey said earlier, which is that what kind of forced a lot of the problems was the, the safety car forced an early pit window, pit stop. So the hard tires had to be stretched out much longer. 
Is there anything else that you took away from this video? Of course. What do you got? Can we get like this guy some? He needs to take the classes that I'm hoping to take to have like more personality. Or <laughs> this guy is boring, dude. <laughs> okay, what does this guy do for Mercedes? Is he like an engineer or something? He, I, I think he's his. I think he's the team exactly. strategy director. Something down the road that's not to be in front of a camera. Because this guy, I watched the video last night, put me to sleep. I watched the video this morning, and I'm still trying to find out what the hell this guy was talking about in this video. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the chief strategist. I'm sorry. Okay, look at that. <laughs> that guy. This guy just says, "Listen, turn uh, this, print this turn, and." You know, we need more, this much grip here. That's why he, I don't know. Nothing else that he said made sense. To is me. this a, this is the same guy that, that comes on the radio with uh, Valtteri? It's James? I think at that point, I think it was James Allison, the actual. What, oh, okay. Uh, no, it was James Vowles. Was James Vowles? I thought it was James Allison. Well, oh, it's too James. It's too many it's so it's too too James. James. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too many James to figure, to figure it out. Um, well, he was doing 140 on that straight on a flat tire. That's crazy. He was doing 143 miles an hour. Now. Yeah. Ridiculous. It's a little slower than what I would have gone, but you know, it's a, it's yeah. it's okay for the world champion. For something that we don't see all the time, obviously this guy did it on the last lap and still was, you could say, kind of flying compared to what you do regular cars in the street. Kind of it's, 140 <laughs> miles per hour. Dude. I mean, I've done close to that with Anthony, but that's not one of our friends. But yeah, <laughs> this guy was still on three tires. On a you know on a racetrack on a freaking car that is out of the world, I mean this to me, this just took Hamilton's stock even further up of, on goat status to me. If you see the the radio, of yes, him, that was, that was awesome. Where and the exchange that they had is like the the, the engineer is telling him, I think it was Bono, his engineer, twenty minutes, twenty him, seconds. Well, 19. that was crazy. But even after they crossed the line. He and says, they told him to stop. We'll, they told him to stop. He's like, stay. He's like, stop the car. We'll come and get you. Oh, it's I like, think I can make oh, it. No, no, I think I can make it. We're good. <laughs> I could just lock it. My man is, yeah. Well, <laughs> he, they had, the they, that's crazy because, because they have these protocols. Uh, what they do when something like that happens, they lock the differential so the wheel wouldn't spin as much. Uh, it, it's basically spinning on the bearings. And all of this is done through the, through the, through the steering, through the steering wheel. wheel. Yeah. All of that is done through, through the steering wheel. And and it shows you how hard the walls of the tire is that it can withstand that. Um, even if it's completely delaminated, the walls of the tire can actually keep the car up. Well, <laughs> but for him, for him to do that and win the race, I mean, the race was boring, but that is going to go down as one of the most epic moments ever in F1 history. It's, it's almost like he is, what's the, I'm in construction, so the saying is that like you know you're a good operator if you could pick up like a spoon with like your like the bucket of a of an excavator yeah that's the type of thing that lewis hamilton just did where you see Valtteri botas it looked like his tire was much more damaged yes. granted he went around the whole track and then you also look at carlos signs his tire his tire fully delaminated and was doing shredded, damage right? to to the floor yeah so you see what lewis hamilton was able to do going that fast to finish the race well, wait 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 you don't know. This is the second time Lewis does this, by the way. Is it He's really? done it before. To f he did it in uh, junior classes, right? Yes. But he had like a, it was like a spring that broke. And that okay. tire, didn't, it was not blown, but mm -hmm. it was kind of lifted up. So it wasn't the same thing? It was the same thing. 
He was dragging a okay, tire. Now you're just being a fan. Yeah, now you're but just this being what time I am a, 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 bro. No, but this is the second time he wins a, a race on three wheels. I would just. I the mean, first listen, time, obviously, in Formula One, and then he did it in Formula One. I, I think, listen, it's, in it's, O3, he did it's that. epic, and there's and I don't want to take anything away from him. Oh, hell no. It's epic, but he there's some level of luck that he just does it like halfway, halfway. It was like halfway, halfway around the last lap, so he didn't have to go as far as like maybe Bottas had to, because Bottas had to pit lap, actually. Man. And um, yeah, man, it was that's a, that. It's like again, it just made that race memorable because honestly, the rest of the race wasn't memorable at all. I like what uh, I think Horner told Max on the, Max on the radio. He's a lucky boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. 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 And and then and then I think the other option that Lewis did actually have was to finish in the pit lane. So he could have actually cut all those corners and go into the pit because the the start finish line actually extends way, into the yeah. pit. So he could actually finish that race in the pit. But what, what made it epic is that he actually went around and, and finished it. I don't know if he even thought about going into the pit, but he had that option. I, th so. I think he mentioned, I think that is mentioned in the video. And I think that what uh, James had said in the video is that what Red Bull had given Max was an option to do just, not an option, but just do opposite of whatever Ham does. If Ham pitted, uh, that doesn't make sense because it's the last lap. If yeah, Ham pitted, stayed out. There. But maybe I'm thinking about Boras style, but I, I don't know. It was, it was insane. I gotta watch that video, crazy. and I'll put and the I'll put the link in the show notes. Listen, that video, even to look at the video with the radio and stuff like that, is dope. Ten seconds. But man, even like Kerr was like, he had a flat tire and he still finished. Jeez, like, <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. insane. That was yeah, so crazy. Like, wow. Okay. I think I think that's what it was. Just like so many things happened. My mind was like jumbled up after that race because it's just so many things happened in those last three laps with Baltas tires going and then the the graphic uh that show up that it was Lewis Hamilton and it was really Baltas that confused me even more and then right after that uh Lewis tires blow and then right I think right before that it was it was signs it was like tires it was it was like that 2017 race where the Ferrari's tires all blew up it was crazy yeah it was fun though so I want to confirm I mean it made it fun that I want to confirm that this is James cool. is James Vowles it is James yes Vowles. I was okay. looking that up I apologize so uh, another piece of news coming out of this week, the, um, racing point, they still can't seem to figure out what went wrong with the car. So, um, I they think still can't figure it out. They still can't, they figure, still it can't I, figure it I, out. I, I, I know. Of, they, they trying to dig it out. They I, I, dig. I think I could tell you what happened is stroll sucks. Stroll sucks. <laughs> so what, what the problem is with stroll is you've heard him say it in Williams and you've heard him say it. With racing point. Well, I thought you were talking about Nico's car. You're talking about Stroll's car? I'm talking about the car the in pace, general, like the pace. pace on the car. Well, Stroll sucks. <laughs> so it's that, but more to the fact that he is not good with being able to communicate what is wrong with the car. You've heard him come over the radio saying, nothing is working, or like something to that effect. Oh, I can't get anything to go. He can't communicate he in can't. regular interviews, period. And the thing with the, he was communicating with his engineer about when he was getting passed, like something, he got no pace. So they got to just press the button. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. I think that I think that Sergio Perez does a lot of work as far as the testing and the setup of the car that they didn't have this week to hold, and it, to hold and the it package. Killed them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that really killed them. That's probably why they couldn't get the car started. 
Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know about that. But I, I don't know. But I thought I thought the you when you were asking that question, I thought it was because the the problem with how they couldn't get the Nico Hockenberg's car started or Sergio Perez's car started. But if you're talking about if the, why they were slow, the reason that why they were slow, the car wasn't slow is because they had a bad driver in the seat. Bad driver. They, Friday and Saturday are as important to a race as the actual race in terms of the practice, not even qualifying, just to set up the car properly. The only thing that Stroll can be commended for is having a good start. He's very For good. having a rich dad. Well, I mean, besides the point, I don't even want to get into that. But what I'm just saying is saying that as far as his driving style, he starts off well. He overtakes a lot of good cars. A lot of the cars, he's, he's historically that's what he does. But once he's in a race and he has to overtake and do what a really good racing driver does, he does everything bad. He's horrible. He's not a good driver. He's not. Then, lastly, uh, just to kind of wrap up the previous race, Red Bull chief engineer Paul Monahan he admits the team needs to provide Alex Albon a better car. This is something we talked about. The last episode, I, it's 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 almost evident. It's not just the better car, but also just a better experience overall. We've heard him say that, you know, he was released into traffic when he begged not to be released into traffic. It's just all kinds of stuff. And I feel like to get a guy like him situated, he needs to have the team, you know, supporting him. Yeah, but it's Red Bull style. Red Bull, they're very focused on bringing up young drivers. And they just throw them into the fire and see what works. Yeah, but it worked with Sebastian Vettel and Max Verstappen. Yeah, but those again, those are different. And Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, but but you can't. You're you're talking about they just so they're hoping that they get a once in a once in a lifetime three talent. time in a lifetime talent. Well, they got them, but <laughs> but they still need another car to finish. You know, and 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 it's like you said. I think you mentioned this earlier. That is the the consequence. Of having such a tough, I mean, yes, you have to have a tough driver program, but at the end of the day, you still have to you you still have to develop drivers that don't necessarily all have to be number one. You you have to develop develop solid drivers, and you got to give them a chance. You know, Gasly's a solid driver. Maybe he's not he's not the same talent as Vettel or Max Verstappen, but he can be a solid driver, a number a solid number two, like a Botas is. You know, and and you have also, uh, you know, I, I don't know if Sergio Perez could be a good number one. He's never had the, the opportunity, but he's definitely a good number two driver. So you, there is a place in F1 for solid drivers. You don't necessarily have to be world championship material, but you can develop a driver to be a solid driver. That's tough to do because I think every driver that's in F1 wants to be a champion. Yeah, absolutely, but and that's what and I'm not saying that Valtteri Bottas doesn't want to be a, cha- a champion, okay. but he's a solid driver, and you've had plenty of drivers go through that program that are pretty solid drivers. You've had you've had uh, John Eric Verne from Formula E, two time world champion in Formula E, solid driver. You have Sebastian Boemi, yeah. who who drove with Fernando Alonso, yep. and he's a he's a WEC champion, a World Endurance champion. You have uh, um, uh, Antonio Felix da Costa. He work, he drives in Formula E. He's actually leading the Formula E championship right now. There's there's been a lot of solid drivers that Red Bull just drops yeah, for no apparent reason. You gotta you gotta have a solid driver in the car, and then they want to put all young drivers in those cars, and they never want to get a an experienced driver. They're gonna have to be if they don't give Alex Albon a, a chance to develop, then you're just gonna have to get somebody else from the outside because 
their driver program, their young driver program is literally depleted at this point. Yeah. Okay. Um, that about wraps up last week's uh, Grand Prix, the British Grand Prix. This week, um, yeah, the British Grand Prix last week. This week's Grand Prix, the 70th anniversary Grand Prix. Same track, same car, same drivers. Only thing that's different is the tire allocation. Uh, we're going one step softer. So what that means to us is last week's softs are this week's medium. Uh, they're introducing an even softer tire as the new soft. And the mediums from last week are going to become the hards. I do we see a team do a three stop? No, a three stop. Yeah, no. I think the only people that can actually pull that off would probably be Mercedes. Well, think about it. If the medium from last week is this week's hard, that means you will have one stint that won't even last thirty-five laps, thirty laps. Yeah. And then the soft, and, then and the it's going to be hotter. And it's going to be, it's going to be, dude, it's going to be a disaster. And I cannot wait to watch it. <laughs> it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a like, destruction derby. But that's why they changed the tires. Thank God they did that because then we would have another snooze fest of a race. The only thing that saved the last race was the the tire blows at the end. But I think this race will probably be a little bit more interesting. Uh, but. A three. I, I mean, so. Mercedes is definitely not going to do a three stop because they're just going to be so far ahead. They only need two stops, um, because they can't. I don't think they can pull off a, a one stop just because the tires are not hard well, I mean, enough. I guess this last. depends also on safety cars and stuff like that to see what ends up happening. Yeah, but if you get a safety car, then you're probably going to have multiple stops anyways. Maybe you look at the midfield, and if there's if they're closely matched, maybe you can do that. What I don't think is going to happen. I don't think this upcoming week they're not going to extend those tires that long like that. No, no, like, definitely not. They will not even take the chance. The only reason that they did it was because they had an early safety safety car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoes. Nobody was pitting. Like, nobody was taking a chance. Just be like, hey, everybody's doing it. Let's rule it out. Those the safety car was what lap twelve, that, and that's when they capped the mediums, and yeah. the mediums are now the hards. Exactly. So no, I mean, I think it'll be a, I, it is it's going to be a two stop race. That's going to be the the yeah. the optimal strategy. Um, he has to win. <laughs> Mercedes is gonna win the race. <laughs> Why? Yes. Huh? Why? Because there's no car that can even come close to them. Leclerc got a podium. I, but he can't that's come still close not, to them, dude. That's still not winning <laughs> unless there's an accident between Bottas and Hamilton. That won't happen. Doubt Bottas it. is not not that type. He's not the Nico Rosberg type. Yeah. So let's do uh, predictions, Ruben. What do you think is gonna happen this week? Uh, Mercedes one two, Ham Bottas. I go with Max because last week I said Paris and COVID nineteen killed him. I mean, took him out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was that. Talk about a, misinformation. That was, no, I was very insensitive to say it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, what do you got as far as predictions? I'm going bold here, man. Going bold. What do you got? Verstappen wins the race. Ooh, impossible. No, no, I don't know about impossible, but. Verstappen wins the race. I think I think when you're talking about tire strategy, Red yeah. Bull is the team to to bank on. Yeah. They can make a good call. They can make a good call. Something odd happens. I think you're you're probably gonna have some problems with the with some issues with the tires still. Because yeah, it's silverstone and it's gonna be hotter. Uh I, I'm so going, the issues are gonna start first with the with the Haas. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
And then, you know, you know it's going to trickle down. So uh, I'm going to say Verstappen wins the race. Hamilton second. Uh, Botas third. So we, we all have the same top three. I think it's going to be him first, Max second, and Botas third. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm hoping, I'm, I'm pinning my prediction on something happening with the tires and, and Red Bull doing what they do best. And, and, and so since we have make a bold strategy, since we have call. the same top three guys. Can we choose now each one, choose the best of the rest? You know, who would, who think is going to be best at the midfield? Just out know, of the blue, not, not preparing us for the question. Just throw it out there to see. I'm going to go Lando. You think Lando? What do you think? Triple L. Last lap, Last Lando. Lap Lando. No, no, nah, nah, I just wanted to say Triple L. I think it'll be <laughs> Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz? Yeah. Okay. I think Ricardo would do it. Really? Ooh. Yeah. They they were good. And they're bringing another up. Like they're making more changes for this weekend. They were What are they good. doing? Uh, they are bringing... The, the technical director was saying that they're bringing more stuff to work on power. Especially the straight line power and stuff like that. So. That would be... So, okay. Renault gets it. But does McLaren get it as well? Same time? I don't know. They didn't, he didn't say it. They were just talking about, you know... How, there are them. a lot of teams bringing upgrades this weekend. So... There were a lot of teams that were they were due for upgrades last week. Last weekend, but they a lot of teams. There's some teams that made them. Red Bull made a whole bunch of changes, but Wait, a lot. Of, a, please, <laughs> uh, actually, that they are one they of the did. teams that are going to bring that they said they were going to bring something and they didn't. I think the only thing that they because yes. you get a perfect. The only thing that they brought, the only update that Williams brought was. Uh, for the first race was like a change in the mirrors or something. It's like it's more <laughs> curved or something. But maybe they bring something this week. But there are a lot of teams bringing more updates this weekend. And remember, a lot of those teams are home because most of those teams have factories near Silverstone. I just hope Hulk gets his so, own like racing suit, his own shoes. Like that'd be nice. For I want to see that's what cursed him because he had. <laughs> Lance Stroll shoes. I want to see. Like hand me downs. Yeah. Oh, I, I, used, hope, I, I did a shoe on those last week. An imaginary shoe. Oh. <laughs> I hope that Hulkenberg brings back a pink version of his iconic burst helmet, where he has like the sun going out. Like, have you remember his helmet before? He's always had. He's always helmets. had good helmets. Yeah, but he's, he's always had, had like that burst coming. He's probably out. had like I would say one of the best designs helmets. Yes. Yes, I hope he brings back a pink version of that. One last thing, cool. just real quick. Something we were talking about before the show. I don't put, whatever, it's a rumor. Actually, I do believe it, but it's still a rumor. It's not confirmed. But supposedly, the Sebastian Vettel, this is something I think Buxton kind of lit a fire to, but Will Buxton. But the Sebastian Vettel-Aston Martin deal is already sealed. Like, that. it's done. They were going to announce it, and then... Sergio Perez got coronavirus. So him not being with the team, they didn't want to kind of do him like that. Yeah, I mean, that would be, talk about worst week ever. (laughs) Right, you? You're out of a job. (laughs) That happened to most of us. Yeah. (laughs) Lost our job to the coronavirus. But we didn't get COVID. I mean, imagine, imagine being told, well, imagine waiting a day saying that your test was inconclusive. Then the next day saying, okay, you got COVID. Most of us had to wait like a week. And then for the test. I did. <laughs> I waited 10 days. Incredible. <laughs> but that's for another podcast. Um, and then being told, yeah, dude, you're fired. We don't want you anymore. You're fired, bro. But Jesus. didn't they have. But they're not like, going to do Paris like I that. I know, but they're not going to release them. But didn't they have until like last week? 
to do something with his contract. But that's what I'm saying. They probably already did it, and because of the coronavirus thing and that elbow bump. Did you see the video of? uh, That's that's what's fueling the fire here. That's a that's a that's a that's a that elbow bump has some oomph in it, man. I think it's a done deal. Yeah. Just like, they're just waiting for the right timing to bring it out. We shall see. Vettel, and then the way Vettel's driving, he's driving. It, rem, it, it reminds me of, I mean, I didn't see those seasons, but a lot of people talk about how Vettel drove his last season for Red Bull. Like he drove uh, uninspired. He's driving that way now. He doesn't seem like he's very comfortable with Ferrari right now because he knows he's on his way out. No. And But he knows he's on his way out, but he still wants to compete. And that was very evident in his interview with Martin Brundle. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely still wants to compete. And Racing Point as a team is on the way up. I think that's going to happen. Aston Martin should be a good fit for him. And, you know, it goes both ways. He should be a good fit for Aston Martin. And you think Jamie. he'll take him? You'll take him you think there'll be a, a perennial podium contender if he's there? I wanted you to say perennial podium possibility, but just for the triple P. But <laughs> I, I don't. What does perennial mean? Perennial like means that constantly you're, you're constantly, um, you're constantly. I uh, think he'll bring there. a level of professionalism, the same level of professionalism that Checo Perez brings to the team. Yes. It just really kind of depends on how strong that car is. I that, think that's the best way I could say it. And then the rest of the field, too, because McLaren is going to be much better next year, too. Yes. I think, uh, depending on the wave that they'll, they'll leave this year with. So if Racing Point leaves on a high note, you know, winning all these protests and all other stuff, next year, they'll be even better. But if they have to make a bunch of adjustments because of things that they were they got ruled out against them this year, then the you know they're gonna have pretty much the same and going back to the yeah board. that makes sense bro yeah because then because then they're gonna have to just they're gonna have to focus their time on cleaning up all the mess that that's exactly. made in this season we gotta remember that instead of focusing on progressing we gotta remember the Force India for a lot of years they were constantly battling in the midfield they were not in the back of the pack meanwhile they were they have one of the lowest budgets right they were like five four so now that they have money they're showing what they could do with the money yeah so I think the and Pro- that team has not changed the same. Team. No, I think the protests and all the other stuff is kind of shadowing that their 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 legacy that they've been bringing for you know for so many years. Yeah, but also you know it, this could turn into and I don't think it is, but the last time we had an uproar like this was with um, with Haas and Ferrari. Yes, and then seventeen was uh, eighteen. No, it was eighteen. Actually, was, I think nineteen. It was. It was no, no. It was eighteen. It wasn't last year. It was 18. Um, and obviously that car didn't prove to be not competitive. Uh, this car, yeah, showing shades of being competitive, but it still doesn't have the results yet. So, I mean, you have what? Uh, a fourth place result in in Hungary for, for Stroll, and that's about it. All right. That about wraps it up for us today. Um we have a race coming up, obviously, Friday's the two practices, free practice three Saturday morning. Then, you know, 9 a.m. here Eastern time is uh, qualifying in the race, 9 a.m. on uh, Sunday. Make sure to check us out on uh, Instagram at Jump to Start Racing, www.jumptostartracing.com, 
at JTSR Podcast. And we are on YouTube. We're on all podcast platforms, pretty much. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, etc. Um, everywhere. Everywhere. Ruben, any last words? Uh, this weekend should be exciting. Let's see. Doesn't sound like it. Well, oh, I don't sound like it. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, um, can't wait for the weekend already to, to get moving. I mean, let's see. I want Hulk to do good. How about you? Yes? I think Hulk is going to do well. But my last words are, because today I received. So I'm not a hater. <laughs> I, and I saw Max with his hat on, so I had to buy it. So I think Max will win the race because, because I have hat. the hat. Gotcha. I'm that superstitious. So let's go, Max. Because I know Ferrari is not going to go nowhere. And that hat is fire. <laughs> hat is dope. It's fire. All right, team, on that note, we will catch you after the race. Peace out. Peace. Thank you.